This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. Very, very easy home loan process. You've heard Craig say nothing but great things about the job Aaron and her team did to help them out. It's BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock, she is your Longhorn lender. A little bit of not not super, super breaking news, but breaking news nonetheless. Okay, yeah, give me a breaking news sounder, Cameron. You good? AP poll is out for uh, NCAA men's AP poll, Texas. 13 straight weeks in the AP top 10. Bevos are number six. They dropped down a spot? Dropped down a spot, yeah, with the loss to Kansas. But still, I mean, holding, ste- uh, holding steady in that top 10. So can I guess? So I'm guessing Houston's one. Uh, let me pull up the AP top 25. I just saw where Texas is ranked uh, because it came up on. I'm uh, guessing Houston's one in I would think the Jayhawks kind of jumped to probably five. If Texas dropped one, I'm guessing Kansas is five. No, your uh, your number one team in the country would be the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh, up two spots. Nate Oates, Alabama okay. one, Houston still at number two. Purdue drops two spots to number three. UCLA three spots up to number four. Kansas up to five, Texas six, Virginia seven, Arizona eight, Baylor nine, and Tennessee is ten. Uh, rest of the Big 12 and Shaka Smart and Marquette hanging in there at number 11. K-State is uh, holding, actually holding steady at number 12 this week. Uh, Iowa State down eight spots to number 19. TCU still hanging on. Frogs are still in the pole. At number 22, they're down five spots from where they were last week. Uh, in other Big 12 schools, also other in the others receiving votes category, uh, you've got Oklahoma State receiving 23 votes. Uh, all you Aggie fans, A&M, 16 votes in the uh, AP Top 25. This quiet, week. quiet year for Buzz Williams. They've kind of turned it around after a, a really bad start to conference play. For sure, yeah. Uh, and I, I've seen a lot of Aggie fans be like, "No, don't, don't, don't rank them. Don't, don't put them in a, a field of sixty-four projection. Just, just let them stay under the radar. Let them keep going. I guess when you've been kind of nondescript all year, just flying under the radar. Maybe you want to stay there. But no, uh, you're right, Cameron. The Aggies are playing much better basketball. But Alabama is your new number one. Uh, Cameron, are they, the, are they the best team in the country that you've seen this year? Because there's not a dominant team in college basketball this year. There's a lot of really good teams." I guess why not let Alabama have a shot at number one and see how they do with it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. That I don't think there's anyone that's really pulled away. I think it's like last year where it could be a potential, you know, Duke-UNC Final Four. I'm not saying that Duke or UNC will make it back because they have not looked good in the last few weeks for either team. But overall, in terms of just no idea who that Final Four is, because I've been trying to think about, okay, March Madness bracket, who are your top four, who do you like? Yeah, I mean – I, I really like I, Arizona's that team, and maybe it's UCLA too, where because they're always on when no one else is playing basketball. Dave Pash, right. Bill Walton on the call, and you're like, wow, Courtney Ramey looks really good in Arizona Red. Oh, UCLA, yeah, they're so good. And then you look at who they played and their analytics and stuff, you're like, okay, actually, they're just playing in a really bad conference. And the same thing for Houston. It's hard to judge because what Samson's done there is incredible, but also 
who have they really played? Like, do you have a lot of confident confidence in them going into March? But I'll, see where you are with UCLA, and not that the league is bad. I'm that way with Purdue. I don't trust Purdue at all until until the style of play that Matt Painter prefers gets them to a Final Four mm-hmm. and they can make that push. I'm just not. I'm not going to be. Not going to be a believer in it, but I mean, at this point, I mean Texas has just as good a shot as anybody floating around in that top sure. ten. Everybody's kind of got their flaws. There's no great teams, but there's a lot of really good teams. If anybody gets hot, it could be them. And honestly, like if you're looking for a sleeper at this point, uh, you know, if you're into going to Vegas and doing such things, don't say Marquette. Terms, no, not Marquette. Okay. Man, when TCU, a, a healthy TCU yeah. is capable of beating anybody in the country. And I got a, I don't know the long term status for for Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin, but Kim, I wouldn't be shocked if when Texas goes to Fort Worth, if both those guys aren't back in the lineup, up and operating and ready to go. Miles is reminds me of just someone who's just built for March. Like he he can go get a bucket when the last game at Texas when they were able to come back against TCU here at the Moody Center, an incredible comeback. But Mike Miles was just knocking down shots where you're just like, How? Like one of those Kimball Walker, like Jameer Nelson type yeah. guys that just you see him they you see one of those guys every March. Just, Even Noel at Kansas State where it's yeah. like Marcus Carr has a face in front of his eyes and yet he's somehow just swishing jumpers. I think a lot of people say jumper. that yeah, I think a lot of people say that about Marcus Carr too on the Texas side. Yeah. I mean, he's just one of those dudes that just finds a way to get buckets. Uh but tonight the Longhorns are in Lubbock, and again, we don't know right now what the availability is going to be for Pop Isaacs uh, or uh, Daniel Bacho. Bacho, neither one of those guys played on Saturday. They got Fardos Amac back. Cam, I just, I don't know, man. Like I said, Tech is a totally different team at home than when they're on the road. Uh, I do wonder, though, if they have Pop Isaacs in the lineup, even though he probably wouldn't be 100%, that changes how I feel about that game because just probably because we saw him get 23 in Austin, and I, I just think – He's a really damn good player that if he sticks around for a little bit could be a guy that you look into Big 12 a couple of years from now and is going to be one of the better guards in this league. Uh, AMAC will see what happens with his minutes if he's all the way back from that foot bruise and maybe the minutes aren't necessarily restricted. He's not on that pitch count, so to say. Uh, but like I said, Bacho is kind of the X factor because he was a complete non-factor in that first game against Texas. Didn't score, fouled out, only 19 minutes. Uh, just didn't play well when he was in the game. So... Just, for me, it's all about who from Tech is available. And for Texas, the same things that have bitten Texas on the road you're, that you're looking for them to control, uh, don't turn the ball over. Don't, especially if, you're, if, if you do turn it over, live ball turnovers will murder you on the road when a team can get momentum buckets in transition. And then you've got to avoid those stretches like you had at Hilton Coliseum where you're going five-plus minutes without a field goal. Granted, that's a team that, that's a team that was damn near perfect from the foul line. Last time out, which by the way, I was, I was joking with uh, some of the beat reporters after the game. I'm like, all right, does does Dylan DeSue get popped with a wet towel in the locker room for being the guy that messed up what would have been a 25 for 25 day at the foul line? But no, you're not worried about free throws with this team. But yeah, their ability to get buckets uh, and not have those prolonged stretches without a field goal that's huge tonight. Jeff, what have you noticed? Because the last couple road games, it seems like Texas just starts out really slow, not really moving the ball around. A lot of ISO guys is searching for their own shot, and all of a sudden they're trailing you know, by 8, 10 points. Same thing happened against Kansas State, able to come back. Kansas could not come back from it. Same thing with Tennessee. Remember last year against Texas Tech, obviously it was a homecoming game for Chris Beard, a lot going on. You know, Not really surprised that Texas lost that game, but they just got out to a bad start, 
Tech jumped out to a big lead. Yeah. The crowd got into it, and from there it was just downhill. And even this year at times, it just seems like on the road, this Texas team just starts out kind of slow, and you know they're able to come back and make comebacks yeah. in the second half. But in this environment, I, I worry about that. Where, where, where the road environment really impacts you, I don't think it's so much the offensive end. I think it's really on defense. If you give up a couple buckets early, you let the crowd get into it, you're kind of on your heels a little bit. That, to me, is where I've seen Texas struggle on the road is defensively, either allowing a lot of dribble penetration downhill or your inability to get back uh, in transition defense and play good transition defense, that's really – you saw it against Iowa State. It was maybe the thing that killed them the most early on against Kansas. But I think you go back to the West Virginia game, Cam, I think offensively for them, I just feel like Texas is one of those teams that needs to get a couple of buckets early and then you really start to get into your offense. It feels like when they when they have a couple of empty possessions to start a game, that's when you can feel like guys start to press a little bit. Maybe Marcus Carr takes one of those shots that – He's still likely to take it. Times are like, okay, mm-hmm. I really wish you'd rather just get in the flow of the offense and make the extra pass rather than just you know dribble drive and pass it back and forth around the top of the circle and then shoot a three and then the other team rebounds it and they're off and running. I just think they need to just get a couple of buckets early. I think maybe look to to Dylan DeSue or yeah. Timmy Allen early. Uh, even Dylan Mitchell, like Dylan Mitchell, as good as he's been on the offensive glass, getting put back buckets, something like that, just to get them settled in and the offense flows much better other than that I, th- I think the most uh, un the thing we didn't nobody really talked about after the game on Saturday that I really liked at the well two things you got 12 points in 20 minutes from Arterio Morris but you got 20 minutes of turnover free basketball from Arterio Morris that's huge he's playing better on defense if he cannot commit those errors that's one thing that I've been asked about all year, Cam, win or lose. Like we see it on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. We even get texts on this show at 337-3776 as a Specs text line, by the way. Like, why doesn't Arterio Morris play more? Why doesn't he get more minutes? Why doesn't he get an extended time on the floor? Because he hits those points where he's turned the ball over or there's a defensive lapse where it doesn't matter what you're giving this team shooting the ball if you can't defend and you can't make good decisions at critical points, as competitive as this league is, you can't be on the floor. So I think for him to have a turnover-free game where he defended well and shot the ball well, maybe that's what gets him going because to to really round out what's been a really good bench with Jabari Rice and Brock Cunningham and Christian Bishop, you get another piece you can count on for however many minutes you can count on him for. That's going to be really big for this team going forward. But the other thing was to see Tyrese Hunter, who struggled shooting the ball on Saturday, to see him late in that game, Cam, it was out of hand at that point, but to see him maybe build some confidence. We saw him get downhill a little bit in attack, saw him knock down some outside shots. Anything you can do at this point to for him to build some confidence, I'm all for it, whether it's in a blowout game one way or the other or not, just to have him come out of that game feeling good about something he did on offense. They're going to need that because you're you're not going to maximize your ceiling in March getting a little to nothing from Tyrese Hunter on offense. He's got to be, whether it's his assist rate is really high or whether he's creating stuff for others, whether it's knocking down shots getting or getting to the foul line by driving downhill and attacking. You've got to get more offensively from Tyrese Hunter than you've gotten for you to make that run of March. So anything you got from him on Saturday positively – I'm all for it. Uh, he he's the guy that I'll be watching tonight to see if there's any carryover from that. Yeah, and a, and a big part of why Chris Beard I think recruited him was because of what he did in March for Iowa State. Oh, he was last awesome. year. He was he incredible. Was, yeah, I mean he he pretty much won them the LSU game, mm-hmm. and he 
took over that game against Wisconsin. What was cool about that is uh, Texas was in that that regional in Milwaukee, that sub-regional, and once the Purdue game was over, or no, actually they play. I'm trying to forget the way it went. I think it was, the yeah, the first-round game against Virginia Tech. That was the second game of the day. So I just got to hang out and watch that Iowa State-LSU game, and Tyrese Hunter took that game over. And again, yep. played really, really well uh, in that Wisconsin game that got them to the Sweet 16. So yeah, you talk about guys, those guards that can just do things in March that help you win, guys that look like they just could own March. Tyrese Hunter's proven he can do that, so you need to get more from him. Seven points, uh, wasn't a little bit of foul trouble, had one turnover, but Overall, the things he did at the end in the second half, I thought if there's carryover from that, I think it could really help him. Finish, scored all seven of his points in the second half, shot three for nine, one for one for three from three in the second half. He's got to get to the foul line more. I mean, he, he's at his best when he's attacking downhill. He's just got to get to the foul line more. So, again, 7.30 tonight is the pregame, 8 o'clock with the tip. Texas and Texas Tech, you can hear that here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network. Do want to remind you, uh, give, get over to Horns 24-7. Mike Roach has the stampede posted. It's got recruiting notes from the Battle 7-on-7 tournament that took place in Las Vegas. It's pretty nice when man Roach can uh, get out to Vegas to get some work done. Uh, but Mike's got notes from that. Uh, Chip Brown's got his morning brew column up. Uh, and in case you missed anything last week, my column on what the finalized Big 12 exit for Texas going to the SEC means in terms of raising the stakes for Sarkin Company in 2023. Also, uh, taking a look at how why the Big 12, the Texas exit agreement with the Big 12, why the Michigan game in 2024 wound up being a really big part of that to make Foxhole. We got that all up at Horns 